Today on JTalk, we have on uh, Creighton men's and women's cross-country coach, uh, Chris Gannon. Uh, coach Gannon, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Yeah, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for asking to, you know, let me jump in on, on JTalk. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, and additionally, before we get into this, uh, Coach Gannon has a podcast called The Shakeout, which is 100% phenomenal. We will reference it a couple times throughout this podcast, I guarantee mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you should check that out as well. It's on Spotify. We're gonna we're getting work worked on to get it over to Apple as well, and, and probably mm-hmm. a couple other platforms here in the next month or so. Uh, just going through some of those loopholes and a few things like that. Yeah, as a as a track kid in high school who hated running, um, I <laughs> love the name the Shakeout because that was my favorite favorite form of practice every day was the Shakeout run. Uh, I can't take credit for that. Fayers came up with uh, the name. He's a pretty creative dude. You guys have to get Fayers on on here. He's awesome. Yeah, I think so. I think the British accent will help too with our audience. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Helps with uh, recruiting. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> uh, as we get going, we were wondering just before we uh, get started, maybe you could introduce yourself, say how you got into like uh, how you got the Creighton job initially and where the program's at right now. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, so I've been at Creighton about two and a half years now. Um, my third, my third fall with the team. Um, yeah, prior prior to that, I'd spent one year at Scott, uh, had cross and track there. At Scott uh, had a pretty pretty successful one <laughs> one year there. I was yeah. actually there almost exactly 365 days. Uh, <laughs> never had any intention of leaving Scott. Um, I actually had told my my AD after we won men's first ever men's title that fall and went runner up on the women's side. I was like, well, I plan to be here for the next 30 years and we'll just hang a banner every year. <laughs> um, and that's what they've done since I've left. Uh, the guys have continued to do that. Um, prior to that, I had taken about two years off from coaching um, and then I uh, just needed to focus in on some family. I'd lost my dad and a few things like that. And I just felt like coaching was taking a lot of my time up. And so I wanted to take some time to focus on family. Um, mm-hmm. The previous to that, I'd been at Gross uh, here in Omaha, which is a cat- private Catholic school here in town. I'd been there for uh, eight years, I believe. Um, and then my stint prior to that was at the college level um, where I was down at Fort Hayes, which is down in Kansas. Um, Definitely turn of events. I, I was primarily sprints and jumps. Uh, my first couple of jobs, that was my background as an athlete, as a coach. Um, fairly successful in that that area with uh, multiple All-Americans. Actually had the NCAA Regional Athlete of the Year in 2006. Um, yeah, and then uh, moved to Omaha. I was actually burned out on college coaching. The hours are awful. The pay is worse. Um, and I just needed a break. And so I took a break from college coaching, took a job in fitness, um, but wanted to still be around the sport because I'm passionate about it. Uh, I got the job at Gross. The only spot they had on the coaching staff was distance. Uh, I was not my background, but uh, my master's degree is human performance. And I was like, all right, we can figure this out. (laughs) Uh, And uh, yeah, pretty successful run, you know, for the past I don't know, decade plus now years uh, working with the distance groups. I just fell in love with it. Um, I'm a big dork exercise science guy. So um, it was applied exercise science. I'm like, Hey, if a plus B and the heart does this and the lungs do that and the muscles do this, then we can run faster. And so I just kind of naturally happened. Um, never, I never intended to get back into the college gig. Um, 
the job at uh, Scott, like I said, I planned to be there for a long time. And uh, the job at Creighton came open and I had a couple of people reach out to me and say, you know, you should really look into this. And um, I was I was hesitant about it, to be honest with you. Uh, my wife was even a volunteer assistant at Scott. My, my kids were at practice like it was family. And uh, I was like, well, I'll at least throw my name in um, at Creighton and see what happens. And, uh, you know, I found out later, that, you know, reviewed 80 plus applicants and interviewed 15 plus the first round and somehow through all of that they they thought I was the best fit and so yeah uh, I, I couldn't agree more as far as I don't know that maybe my resume wasn't the most perfect or this that or the other like I said I hadn't coached collegiately in almost 12 years um, but I think it was the right fit and that's the thing I, I love about Creighton um, is, is the value of education the people we bring to Creighton um, and I think that more than anything, that just is how it worked out is it, it was the right person, the right place, the right job, the right, you know, right everything. So um, I'm loving it. Uh, I love going to work every day or, or working from home every day, however that looks. But yeah, here we are. Um, two and a half years. Uh, yeah, man, uh, we've done a lot in two and a half years. I, I'm proud to say like what we've accomplished in that time has been incredible. Uh, when I took over, there was only five guys, five girls left in the program. And um what we've done in that time has been incredible with, you know, signing probably the best girls class in the history of the school this past year. Um, guys class was only two, but that's because we hadn't lost anybody. Um, two of the fastest guys in the history school coming in as freshmen. And after watching practices and workouts and stuff this fall, I'm pretty confident to say that if we would have had a Big East championship this past week, we would have had the, the best uh, showing in school history on probably both men's and women's side. So, yeah. Um, it's exciting. Uh, and the best part is, is that, you know, you know, it's only getting better uh, on every level and what we're yeah. building with great. So. No doubt about it. And uh, you sort of touched on it there with recruiting. You talked about the quality of athletes that you bring in on both on and off the course. And I'm wondering how, uh, how has COVID impacted recruiting with the way that uh, I mean, this is sort of a repeat question from your last podcast, but uh, with, I mean, there are athletes out there that you haven't seen run for two seasons now with the track season and cross country season. Uh, how do you evaluate that talent? It's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I gave a lot of credit to Coach Faze. Um, so he and I probably complement each other as well as any two people uh, sharing a workload I think ever could. I mean, he's a young guy. He's a sub four minute miler. He's a multi-time All-American. He's the athlete of, of the running side of things. <laughs> I am not. I'm the exercise science dork. I'm the guy with that ran a business for, for seven years, understands budgets and, and P&L reports and those things. And so, um, and so he and I just complement each other so well. And one of the things that he does a phenomenal job with is, is evaluating young talent and, and looking at who those people are. And he creates a list and I create a list and we cross-reference those lists. Um, we look at, we look at recruiting probably differently in a lot of places. You know, a lot of places are looking at bringing in bigger classes, um, they have bigger programs. Um, we look at everything from, from grades to what they want to be when they grow up to, what type of mileage they ran in high school and what their training concepts were in high school. Um, so, you know, yeah, without a junior track season and some of the kids on our recruiting board right now aren't, aren't running cross country this fall, um, their seasons have been postponed or canceled. And that definitely has been tough. Uh, we are fortunate that we have a, a good list of people that we've been talking to for probably a year plus now. I was talking to a recruit the other day and, 
and she and I were talking and uh, we've been talking for almost 18 months now. So whatever June 15th was of her, whatever that space is when we're, our first contact is from their going into their junior year of high school, that was my first contact with her. And so, you know, we're at, yeah, like I said, getting close to 18 months of building that relationship now. So, uh, but yeah, it's definitely going to be a different recruiting cycle. There's um, and not just here, but anywhere there's going to be some, somebody's going to land a diamond in the rough, that kid that, you know, just, just all of a sudden lights the world on fire and and you might miss on a kid too. Uh, But I think the biggest thing, the way that coach fires and I are looking at it is, is as we recruit, uh, what we call Creighton kids, kids that belong at Creighton, good students, good athletes, good people. We can't really miss. Uh, maybe we would have found a kid who's a second faster here or there, or with this or that or the other. But the people we're bringing in are going to continue to develop, elevate our program through the culture as as well as everything else that they do. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, not been, <laughs> you know, even just not even able to go watch kids or, or just see times come through. It's definitely been tough, though. Or And they can't come on official visits to campus or anything like that. You know, um, that entire process has uh, been unfortunate, to be honest. It also yeah, seems it, hard because I, I know that uh, it varies every state, whether there's a cross-country season this year. I know I'm from Iowa. I know there's a cross-country season. Yeah. In, in Illinois, there's no fall sports. So Illinois got to run cross, uh, but they did not get to run their state championship. So they ran sectionals this past week, um, and that became the end of their season. Uh, There is a off-the-grid unofficial state championship this coming weekend. and so, yeah, there's, there's, a, you're seeing a lot of that, like that there's some things coming up that are not officially affiliated with the state association, but. Um, and how, how, how do you think of those as in, is that something you'd actually look into? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to take any, any data, any information you can get right now. Uh, we've had one of the kids we were working on recruiting right now. I mean, even this track season, when his track season got canceled. Um, he literally ran time trials videoed them and sent us his Garmin data every other week. Uh, and so, yeah, and I think lots of coaches are do, having to do that yeah. because of this. Like, we, we've got to be creative. We've got to do stuff that we normally wouldn't do. Yeah, because you don't want to miss out on a kid's opportunity to go to the school he wants and run where he wants because – Yeah, absolutely, you know, absolutely. A pandemic. So yeah. when it comes to recruiting, uh, in terms of, like, cross-country, the way that I feel like almost a layperson will look at it is say, oh, recruiting in cross-country has to be really easy right? Because it's very quantitative, they would say almost, because you just look at the lowest time. But in listening to some of your podcasts, it's some of those qualitative things that don't get judged on the course that you look for when recruiting a Creighton student. What are some of those things uh, for, for like some high school athletes out there that are looking to get recruited that aren't on the course? Yeah. Yes, we have many recruits listening to this pod right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that that's a big demographic, I'll be honest, but... <laughs> uh, Hey, if there is, we'll take them. So, so obviously, academically, Creighton, uh, the average ACT score of any student walking into Creighton is a 27, right? Yeah. So that's our team minimum. Uh, if you don't have a 27 or a 1220, uh, most likely, you know, we're not we're not going to look past that equation. Now, if someone's like a, a 26 with a 4.0 and nine AP classes coming out of high school, okay, that's you know. So we have a, we use, but we do look very strongly at, at academics. Um, the other thing we look at is what someone wants to do when they grow up or what they plan to major in. Um, 
most of our team is is business pre-law or pre-health. Uh, and that's what Creighton's phenomenal at. And so it's easy to sell Creighton uh, academically to those people uh, when when they can see the value of their education here because Creighton is literally one of the top institutions in the country for for those two things, literally in the country. They are top 25 business school in the nation. And our, our placement in pre-health or professional health programs, programs is four times the national average. Like you can't argue against that. Uh, and we, we do ex- excellent work elsewhere, um, you know, whether that's education or, or communications or those things. But uh, most of our team falls into those categories. Um, and then we look at things, you know, I, I talk to high school coaches. I, I, I don't know how many other college coaches do that, but we talk to high school coaches. What type of training were you guys doing? Were they a leader? How did they treat their freshmen? Uh, those things are important to us. Um, we evaluate things differently, too. Um, Caroline Giacchino is a perfect example. Caroline's a multi-sport athlete at Pleasant Plains, Illinois, freshman this year. Um, her high school times were good, but they were not, like, blow your mind off, you know, off the paper type things. But she was also an all-state basketball player three times over. Yeah, yeah. So, so her training concepts and, and her, her training volume over the course of her high school career is very different than somebody else's. And so we look at that, you know, as a kid running 70 or 80 miles a week to hit their high school times, or are they hitting those high school times off of 30 or 40 miles a week? And, and what type of developmental window does that make available to them in the future? Um, and those things come into play, and that's something that Fares and I spend a lot of time looking at, you know, a kid running – two kids running the same, same times in high school and one kid's running 30 miles a week less – uh, you yeah. see a lot. You see a lot of upside there. So that's one of the things we also look at. Okay, we have we have a few more uh, recruiting questions for you, but I'll be honest. <laughs> you talked about it in the email that we went back and forth on. You're a bit of a talker. We are too. <laughs> we might want to move on from here. Last recruiting tip for you. Here's something. You have two guys on the team named Jackson right now. Jackson Larson, Jackson Stamper. Stamper, who I ran with in high school. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah, I do know that. Yeah, but, I uh, and I went to elementary school with. You, that's the craziest story. So that was like one of the first episodes yeah. ever. You guys had the Stamper episode. Oh right? man, you listened to our early episodes. That, those are those are sort of rough. I'm not going to lie, but thanks have for getting heart. through that. Have heart. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess my recruiting tip for you is that you already have two Jacksons. You get three more of them. You can have a five guy lineup of the Jackson Five. And yeah, I think that could be special. I, you know that'd be pretty spectacular. I probably, I think, I think you guys talked about that. I think that ended up on flow track. We did, we did yeah. on the Boneman episode. So there you go. Yeah, look, if you want to be on, uh, <clears throat> if you want the team to crack ESPN, I think that's <laughs> one of the ways you go. One hundred percent. Or have some horrific scandal. There's two. There's two <laughs> ways we can go about this. <laughs> All right, moving on here. Our, our next subject that we want to touch on is just uh, mentality and leadership in terms of the way that you run a cross-country program. Uh, two of the phrases that we hear each time that we interview a cross-country runner are eyes up and get to. Uh, so can you sort of explain why you use those phrases throughout uh, your life and coaching the cross-country team? Uh, yeah, man. Um, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know where either of them originated from, like in my life. Um, they're, they're things that uh, maybe maybe came from you know, just, just going through things with my dad when my dad had cancer. I, I'm not sure. Um, I'm also really involved with pediatric cancer um, on a board of Nebraska Coalition in Childhood Cancer and a few things like that. And I think that maybe me being involved in a couple of those things is, has 
changed my perspective on life a little bit. Um, and, you know, like when you see a three-year-old or a four-year-old or a 15-year-old or an 18-year-old kid who has cancer and how that impacts your outlook on life. Like when the only thing that, that kid wants to do is, is to have a normal life and we're complaining about early practice, right? That's perspective. Um, and that's where get to kind of came from. Um, is that this is not something that we It's the worst. It's the I, I, that's the one thing I, I, I 
about our sport like even if you do yell at a kid like how can they respond can they do those things and i'm sure i mean as a dad i'm sure that carries over too where you you don't make decisions like they're their own people and i i think control the controllables is one of the hardest things anybody can do yeah uh, that's, that's something we talked about too yeah yeah do you focus a lot on that uh, on on the mantra I do follow you on Twitter, by the way, so I know a little bit of what you're into with like some, I talked about in the most recent Jack Stanford podcast about how every cross country coach's Twitter is the same. Steve Magnus tweet, John Gordon tweet, and then just <laughs> something about sleep in between there. That's uh, pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah. 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 It is. Uh, did uh, within that, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, with one of John Gordon's mantras is control what you can control. Uh, how is that impacted with, I guess it sort of goes with get to with this pandemic uh, season. Yeah, for sure. And, and if you go like back before John Gordon or anything like that, if you want to get back to the roots of my foundations of, of my beliefs as a coach, it's John Wooden. Um, oh, you, talk yeah. about the pyramid of, you talk about the pyramid of success. So I'm old school. Like, right. That's, yeah. You guys, you guys probably hardly know who John Wooden is. No, I've heard that speech. And, That's a great speech. <laughs> you know, and so if you look at his pyramid of success is controlling the controllables. And if you have these foundations in place that, that everything else will take care of itself. And so you know, we talked about that, um, that building, building our care for one another as people. And if we do that, our, our athletes are going to invest and they're going to buy in. And, and the more each person is invested, the more, the more you're going to get out of them as people, as athletes, as students, as, as professionals, as, as alumni and donors and benefactors down the road. It's, it's this continual idea of buy-in and investment. And, and when we have a bad day, when people are bought in and invested and they care about their teammates, they lift them up. And when people have a good day, everybody celebrates that. Um, and I think, you know, running, a business for for seven years or you know and, and those things help me teach and learn those things as far as a leadership perspective and magnify that even more and, um you know obviously working with teams you know when i look at how bad i was of a coach at the age of 23 versus where i am now even how bad of a coach i was like three years ago when i got this job i look at how i've just had to continue to grow and develop and, and get better and raise my game and it just continues to grow come to come back to to growing people to investing in people and, and building that culture and as you do that everything else kind of takes care of itself mm-hmm. you know there's three places or something like that in the championship center within athletics that says culture wins and i believe that you know and how we go about culture in 2020 is very different than how we went about culture in 1999 when i graduated from high school you know, we had bus rides and locker rooms and and things like that and yeah. no technology it's a culture happened naturally and now here it's something we focus on but um, I think that if you do those things, that, that that's how you build a successful athletic program. I think that's how you build a successful business as well. You know, a successful family. If you're invested in um, those things, will will take care of uh, raising the bar for whatever it is you're at. Yeah, I actually had a question about uh, culture when it comes to recruiting because I'm a tour guide, and with the tour guide, I know what every when there's a prospective student here, I know what they hear from every other school. And I'm sure that you know that all those juniors and seniors in high school you're recruiting, they hear this mantra of culture uh, at every place they go. I'm sure every cross-country program everywhere says, hey, we have a great culture. How do you prove that when you're recruiting a kid? Uh, the easiest way for me to prove that is I actually had a meeting with Bruce Rasmussen the other day. 
And I walked in and, and literally the very first thing he said, he's like, I cannot tell you how incredible the job you've done here in two and a half years. Um, and that, that conversation uh, isn't just about me. It's about this team that bought into what I was trying to do and what we're trying to do. But the easiest way to prove that is that when I took over, there was five guys left. Four of those five guys had put in request to transfer. Two years later, sort of to this season, other than one who had graduated, every one of those kids had returned for their fifth year. Wow. And that's heartbreaking because those kids lost their, you know, their season this fall. But for us to have turned a program from those kids all wanting to leave to now coming back for their fifth year when they could have walked away at any point in time or even just graduated, um, that speaks volumes to what we've been able to do here. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you talk about that level of retention with uh, in the shakeout episode with Coach Flannery, which I'll suggest everyone to listen to because I was just fantastic with how his program has had how many years in a row with no transfer? It's, it's like 12. It's like 12. Do you think about yeah, that? Yeah. Someone hasn't transferred out of his program, but like a senior in high school now, the last person, is, they were in kindergarten the last time somebody transferred. Yeah. It's pretty insane. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's wild that professional level, or I would consider college partly a professional level, dedication wise, that kids aren't transferring, but yeah, I know kids in high school are transferring, and it's just a crazy. Yeah. Moving on here, I guess towards the end, we're we're getting to it. Twenty six minutes in, we've still got a little bit left in the tank. <laughs> uh, with uh, I, I want to talk about how the cross country program has adapted their season. I mean, we've seen on Twitter, we've seen on Instagram, the cup, and most recently uh, the eliminator, uh, and then in the most recent shakeout episode, you talked about how you and Coach Fairs talked about how maybe you're against time trialing, why that you found a way to utilize the cup and the eliminator. Can you explain all that to our audience? Yeah. So the cup came to be, obviously when we found out the season was canceled, Fares and I have been talking all along, like, what are we going to do? We had to have a contingency plan. I I am the person who's got a plan A, B, and C always, regardless of it's recruiting or track meet or, or whatever that is. And so that's, that's fine. Um, and so we had a backup plan and, and the idea of time trialing, time trialing sucks. Like, you have kids out there chasing times. You're not getting a competitive advantage of anything. You're not learning how to compete. If you have a bad day time trial and you feel awful and you get down on yourself, uh, it's just, it's, it, it, you know, and so we're like, how can we take, how can we create a competitive environment? How can we get our athletes opportunities to learn? And so the only way to do that was to create a, create a mock season. Uh, and then it just snowballed. I'm, I'm, I'm the most guilty snowballing person ever. Like if it's a conversation, like we're 28 minutes in now to, uh, the cup being, okay, let's draft and have, have competitions to a day later, having a website built to, oh, let's have a, a fun kickoff show with Rob Anderson. And then, oh, by the way, that turns into a weekly podcast. Um, so now yeah, here we are uh and now we've got guests guests on and you know i've got guests booked out all the way through like january now every week it's, it's nuts uh but it's been fun and i've enjoyed every bit of it and it's been great because it's showcased creighton um and, and the people and the, the culture here we just talked about but so yeah we came up with the cup to have these competitions to put our athletes in places to make them uncomfortable to make them be better 
Um, and, and so we scoring it. Uh, we're having a series of different competitions that would force an athlete to be in a new situation that they haven't been in before or to put someone in a situation they're uncomfortable with. So they eliminated this past week for those that don't know. You start a race and every single lap, the person who is in last place is eliminated from the race. So it becomes very strategic. It's an absolute chaotic disaster of running that you've ever seen in your life. Um, the guy's race went out in 58 seconds for the first lap. <laughs> the first mile, the first mile was in 4:35. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people, uh, people uh, Bryce Shirley literally dove across the finish line one lap to catch somebody to not be in last place. He limited that person, but then Bryce is done and spent. So he like like walk jog his last lap because he knew he yeah. was going to be out. Like it, it, it's just chaos. It's so much fun. Uh, so yeah, that was eliminated. Um, Last week, this week coming up, we have a relay meet on Friday, and then we have blind duels on Saturday, and then that finishes off the cup for us, uh, which has been fun. And uh, we're looking forward to getting back to a real season, hopefully this spring, and, and returning to full normal, you know, next fall. Yeah, so who won the eliminator for, uh, for the men's and women's team? Uh, team Fairs won both sides. I don't know if you got bribed or paid to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. I did not. I wasn't sure if he was competing or not, but yeah, that's, that's not too much of a shocker. Uh, <laughs> with, I, I don't know if you heard on the Boneman episode or not, but, but we pitched to him and I don't know if you would allow this or not, but Blake and I to race him, we both run an 800. He runs a mile. I think we could take him. Danny's pretty fit right now. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think he runs though? Like max, like four fifteen, four. Yeah, but what are you guys running right now? I heard that. I heard you had. I heard one of you guys had an issue at Central High Track the other day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can I run right now? I can run a two twenty-five. Yeah, Danny's gonna take you if you're running two twenty-five. We could get it down though. You give Blake and I two and a half months of training. We get it to two o five. He runs a four. That can be cool for him. Yeah. <laughs> four o six action. Yeah. yeah, Danny's 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 really fit right now. Um, I'm, he, he should run well this, this week. Uh, but you know, yeah, yeah. If you guys decide to put something together, it'd, it'd be pretty, it'd be pretty interesting for sure. I'm gonna come back. <laughs> I'm gonna come back for winter break, and it's gonna be scared. I'm gonna be a whole new man. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, I think uh, we're pretty much wrapped up here. We're going to ask you some rapid-fire questions. I stole from your podcast idea with some rapid-fire questions. Blake, you want to hand them off? Yeah, so first one, um, what is – this is from uh, one of your players. What's your favorite meat to prepare? Ooh, man, that's tough. Um, I don't know. I love to cook. Uh I'll probably say I had something off the smoke here. I probably, I, you know, I, yeah. I spent 14 hours yesterday smoking a pork Let's butt. Go. So. That's the best thing to smoke. My brother does those, and they're just unbelievable. Yeah. It's like butter when you eat them. <laughs> yeah. um, next one, if you – if they made a movie about Christopher Gannon, who would play you? Uh, off one. I don't I know. See, off looks, I could see Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I, I would go. Tobey Maguire doing it, just I think I think Ben Affleck could that play. Sounds I think great. Ben Affleck would be pretty good too. So, I mean, we'll figure that out yeah, though. Yeah. When it comes it's down and when ben you, Affleck, yeah. When it's not it's McFarland Jeremy, USA, Jeremy and instead of going, that's not Danny Diaz. You're going, that's not yeah. Danny Boneman, is it? That's not Danny Boneman. <laughs> you can knock that out. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have something epic happen in my life for there to be a movie about me. I, I, I'm not on that track right now. Get a shot. Well, I have faith. Jackson Five recruiting class. And- <laughs> yeah, that would do it. That would do it. Favorite Halloween costume you've worn in your life? Oh, uh, so up until my daughter was this year, actually, she and I have my oldest daughter. She and I have dressed up together every year of her life. So like, yes, yes. Uh, so um, when she was two, she went as Snow White and I went as Prince Charming in full tights. So I'll go with that. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. What is one item you could never live without? Cup of water. That's a good one. Out. As a <laughs> As a science, yeah, as a science professional, I'm sure that's pretty easy. There's um, always one. There's one right here. So, yeah. <laughs> favorite all-time book? Oh, man. Uh, pleasure reading or dorky reading? Let's go with one of each. And if you say energy bus, I am leaving the... Uh... <laughs> no, it's not. It's, that's definitely not going to be energy bus. Um, okay, good. So, so from a dorky book, I'm gonna say the, the probably probably Road to the Top, Joe Joe V Hill, uh, okay. Joe V Hill's book, Training Concepts and Philosophies, uh, is dorkiness to the dorkiness. If you're not an exercise mm-hmm. science person, you're not gonna read it. Uh, pleasure reading, ooh, uh, probably John McDonald's biography, uh, just phenomenal, one of the best oh. books I've ever read. 475 pages of pure glory like he's amazing <laughs> all right yeah that's awesome uh we're pretty much wrapped up here i want to thank you so much no, for i got one on. more i got one more oh, go for it blake uh, favorite running shoe i can't comment on that <laughs> oh yeah the, uh, nike alpha pro vaporflies uh, that's right yep <laughs> all right uh, hey appreciate you guys having me on thanks yeah, no yeah, without problem. a doubt. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, the, I mean, it, it was a nice culmination. We've made our way up the cross-country ranks. Uh, yeah. Finally getting to interview you. Okay, yeah. awesome. Hey, uh, thank you for coming on. I'll keep uh, listening to your podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. I really mean that. Uh, when I first listened to it, I'm like, this is our only competition, and they're blowing us out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh i'm look. yeah we've got some i i've got somebody from every team lined up so a coach from every staff lined up like over the over like through break and stuff i'm working on some other context to get some other people to eat on as well i'm really excited about the podcast i never thought it's been a lot of fun though so i got yeah, lined, lined up, up. with mcdermott uh, i do not have somebody else on his staff lined up okay but, okay uh, but Raz is going to do one with me. You guys oh, really? Think, yeah. Dude, it, uh, if you guys want to listen to an incredible podcast, um, Omaha World Herald, Dirk Chatlin used to do one called Where I Come From mm-hmm. or Where I'm From or something like that. And mm-hmm. Dirk did some incredible podcasts with some people who are sport famous across Nebraska. And he did one with Raz a couple of years ago. And some of Raz's stories are absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. When I was in his office the other day, so here's a here's a, a quick quick one for you. Raz was coaching high school track, football, and basketball, and his assistant volunteer high school track coach was none other than 
formerly Bruce Jenner. Really? That is insane. Incredible. Yeah, I would think that he has some crazy stories because you were talking, Flannery's episode is my favorite one of yours, and you were talking with Flannery, and I thought he had insane stories with being Billy the Blue Jay for some nights. Oh, my God. Going through all that. I've but heard he more Billy's. About- I've heard more Billy's stories since then about Flan, and either I, I, I actually need to get Flan back on because the stories <laughs> I've heard were nuts. <laughs> Most of the Torres stories I couldn't talk about because they're inappropriate. All right, hey, that's awesome. Once again, thanks for coming on. I'm gonna have, All right, have a great night, guys. Fantastic. So Thank we'll you, see. Chris. Yeah, have a good one.